Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Delighted to have you with me. Uh, I did not intend to start the show with this today. Uh, In light of having started the show with it on Friday, I try not to be repetitious on this stuff, but this actually is a really big story. And I I would argue it's a bigger story than the Trump indictments or anything else happening in Washington. And I'm stunned it appeared in the New York Times, of all places. The headline is, A Global Web of Chinese Propaganda Leads to a U.S. Tech Mogul. You are familiar, I suspect, with Code Pink. Uh, Kristen Sinema, the U.S. Senator from Arizona, used to be a Code Pink activist. Code Pink was a, a big thing during the uh, Iraq War. They would protest George W. Bush, and they continued uh, to get out of hand over time. They they literally dressed in giant um, costumes that were designed to look like the uh, female uh, reproductive organ. Um uh, I, I I can't use the word, but you know the little pink hats that they wore, and then the, the costumes, and they they look like um, well, let's just say the, the the vagina monologues were on on mind when they put the con when they put the costumes on. There's bizarre bizarre protest during the Bush administration. They carried over into the Obama administration. It turns out like so. I've been telling you. Let me let me go off on a tangent here. Back in the 1980s. A lot of the major environmentalist groups in this country were funded by the Soviets. It's one reason a lot of people refer to the environmentalist movement as watermelons. They are green on the outside, but red on the inside. They're communists. In fact, to this day, uh, major climate change activists uh, hate capitalism and are openly critical of capitalism. And they're, they're... ancestry lies with Soviet party funding against the West. I have said all along, you will not, we will not be surprised to learn that the Chinese are funding much of the agitation against Western capitalism today through the environmentalist movement and through peace operations. And it turns out I've been right the whole time. A quarter of funding for Code Pink comes from Chinese Communist Party sources. But let me let me read you some of this. The protest in London's bustling Chinatown brought together a variety of activist groups to oppose a rise in anti-Asian hate crimes. So it was peculiar when a street brawl broke out among mostly ethnic Chinese demonstrators. Witnesses said the fight in November 2021 started when men aligned with the event's organizers, including a group called No Cold War, attacked activists supporting the democracy movement in Hong Kong. On the surface, No Cold War is a loose collective run mostly by American and British activists who say the West's rhetoric against China has distracted from issues like climate change and racial injustice. In fact, a New York Times investigation found it is part of a lavishly funded influence campaign that defends China and pushes its propaganda. At the center is a charismatic American millionaire, Neville Roy Singham, who is known as a socialist benefactor of far-left clauses. What is less known and is hidden among 
a tangle of nonprofit groups and shell companies, is that Mr. Singham works closely with the Chinese government media machine and is financing its propaganda worldwide. From a think tank in Massachusetts to an event space in Manhattan, from a political party in South Africa to news organizations in India and Brazil, the Times tracked hundreds of millions of dollars to groups linked to Mr. Singham that mix progressive advocacy with Chinese government talking points. Some, like No Cold War, popped up in recent years. Others, like the American anti-war group Code Pink, have morphed over time. Code Pink once criticized China's rights record and now defends its internment of Muslim Uyghurs, which human rights experts have labeled a crime against humanity. These groups are funded through American nonprofits flush with at least $275 million in donations. It's remarkable. He married a progressive activist who is deeply embedded in Democratic causes, Jody Evans. She's a former Democratic political advisor. She's the co-founder of Code Pink. When they got married, uh, it, Amy Goodman from Democracy Now! went, Ben Cohen of Ben & Jerry's went, uh, Eve Insler, who wrote the Vagina Monologues, went. Their marriage was considered a working meeting for the left. <clears throat> they had... Panel discussion sounds delightful, doesn't it? Um, Y'all, this is deeply troubling. I am stunned it's the New York Times that is covering this. By the way, can I just say as an aside, so Amy Goodman was at this. Amy Goodman is the host of Democracy Now! Amy Goodman... Uh, I've been on, when I was at CNN, they would put Amy Goodman on with me every once in a while. Now, they, they would put on with me Jane Hampshire. Jane Hampshire was a uh, progressive activist um, who, she also was one of the producers for, oh, what was the movie? Now I can't think of it. Um, it, it was a Woody Harrelson movie. That's going to drive me crazy. But in any event, she she was very much on the left, far left. Um, she's very nice, and and we had a good rapport on TV. As, as much as we were diametrically opposed, we had a distrust and dislike of so much of the grift within the progressive and conservative movement. But um, for reasons that I've never quite understood, uh, CNN preferred to put me on with Amy Goodman, Amy Goodman from Democracy Now!, who is just this flaky, far-left progressive. And I kid you not, I kid you not, we could be on television— and you could ask Amy Goodman, uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning, Miss Goodman? And she would say, well, I had vegan eggs and toast, but it was not nearly as as, as boring as, as American foreign policy. And, and we should deal with the tragedy of Iraq. I could not enjoy the breakfast that I had because Americans are killing Iraqis in Iraq. And this is a bad anti-democratic movement. And we need democracy in Iraq. And the only way we're going to have it is to destroy America so that I can enjoy the breakfast of vegan toast and eggs that I had. It was the most, I mean, you ask her anything. What color is the sky? 
blue, unlike the dark clouds of war in Iraq. Everything was about the aircraft. It was remarkable. And I had to, like, applaud her for her willingness to stay on message about every single policy. And she was at these people's wedding in 2017. And, and we now know this guy he's fun, he helped the Chinese advance their cause. I told you this was happening. I'm just shocked it's the New York Times. But notice what's going on with the pattern here. A lot of the climate change and a lot of the progressive activist agitators out there, and by the way, I have long suspected and have people who say there actually are ties that just haven't been exposed yet, a lot of the Antifa movements in this country as well are funded by the Chinese. I would not be surprised. You know where I am in Atlanta, they're building a police training facility, and a bunch of rich white kids from uh, the Northwest and New England have come down to Atlanta, planted pipe bombs, gone to war with the police. They are considered uh, autonomous and non-coordinated. I would not be surprised to find there's Chinese money there. The Portland protesters back in 2020, I'm reliably informed by people in the know there that uh, there were all sorts of suspicious ties and money flowing in and out of accounts that suggested there might be foreign interference. And if the conservatives in Congress expected it was the Chinese. We now know for certain a lot of the anti-stop anti-Asian violence movement is funded by the Chinese, and it's actually funded in a way to disrupt the United States. The environmentalist movement in this country is funded by the Chinese now. Uh, a lot of the, the woke activists in this country funded by the Chinese. And here it is, the New York Times exposing a lot of this stuff. That's how bad it's gotten uh, with China that even the New York Times has had enough of this. Xi Jinping, the president of China, has been saying that they are going to fight a smokeless war against the United States. That is, they will fight a war where the military does not win. Uh, the Chinese will win through other means. This seems to be what they're doing here, this smokeless war. Uh, meanwhile, listen to this. This is from uh, Nikkei Asia. U.S. imports of Chinese-made pharmaceuticals are soaring to meet shortages at home, with authorities in some cases greenlighting drugs not formally approved for American use. In a recent example, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration said on July 10th that it had allowed additional emergency shipments of cisplatin, a drug commonly used in chemotherapy, from China's Kilu Pharmaceutical. Kilu's version of the drug is not approved by the FDA. We will continue the importation until approved manufacturers can meet all patient needs. The U.S. imported $6.95 billion worth of pharmaceuticals from China in 2022, up more than eightfold from $820 million the year before. Demand has remained strong with imports over the first five months of this year alone, totally more than double the annual tally from 2021. Now, let's step back to the truth of the matter asserted. The Chinese are funding Groups in this country, including climate groups. What do you want to bet the climate groups that are opposing the lithium mines in this country to decrease our dependence on China, that they're funded by the Chinese indirectly or directly? What do you want to bet the groups that are opposed to repatriating manufacturing for pharmaceuticals in this country are funded by the Chinese. 
What do you want to bet the Chinese are funding some of these union groups that are driving up costs, agitating for climate policies that will make us more dependent on China? What do you want to bet the Chinese are funding the groups that pursued the Green New Deal to make us even more dependent on China? We, we've seen this administration, the, the Biden administration, behind the scenes coordinating with China on release of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We've seen the Biden administration push policies that actually make us more dependent on China for rare earth minerals. What do you want to bet? Meanwhile, the Chinese economy is collapsing before our eyes. This is from the Financial Times. Chinese authorities are putting pressure on prominent local economists to avoid discussing negative trends such as deflation as concerns mount about Beijing's ability to boost a flagging recovery in the world's second biggest economy. Multiple local brokerage analysts and researchers at leading universities as well as state-run think tanks said they had been instructed by regulators, their employers, and even domestic media outlets to avoid speaking negatively about topics ranging from fears of capital flight to soften prices. Seven well-regarded economists told the Financial Times that their employers had told them some topics were off-limit for public discussion. The Chinese Securities and Regulatory Commission, the stock regulator, has accused brokerage analysts of playing up risks facing the economy, which is suffering from weak consumer demand, declining exports, and an ailing property sector. The Chinese government is trying to avoid an economic collapse while propping up Western climate change and anti-war and left-wing groups in this country trying to win a so-called smokeless war. They're using American millionaires and billionaires to do their bidding. Left-wing progressives with trust funds who have no loyalty to their own native country. We need to be paying attention to this more and more, particularly when the climate agitators demand we destroy our economic sector and our economic prosperity. And I suspect what's going to happen here is that as the Chinese economy begins to collapse more rapidly, you're going to see even more left-wing agitation in this country demanding we shut down more of our economy. Jennifer Granholm herself I suspect is going to do more and push more regulations to cripple the American economy. The Chinese say they're running a smokeless war against us. That smokeless war is in large part a propaganda campaign, and it's funded by left-wing agitators in this country who do not like this country. I have to give credit to the New York Times for exposing it. Good for them. More of this, please. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com. The Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. BCS-Kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. 
It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Hello there. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, happy to have you, although got a short segment here, so be patient with me. I, can I just say I'm I'm glad the American women's soccer team lost and that it was Megan Rapino who made the terrible kick. I just, I, I find it insufferable. I, and by the way, this is not about soccer. It's about that particular team seems intent on rubbing everyone's noses and anything. How many years ago now was the whole taking a knee flap? Like four years ago, but because they didn't make, it took forever to get back to the World Cup. Only now did they decide that they got to take a knee and, and be progressive social justice warriors. And she's terribly detestable and completely unlikable. And I, I didn't care. I, and they're not nearly as good as the men's team. You got to remember, they got beaten by a middle school boys team in Texas. They're not the same game as the men's. And then I watched the the Dallas Miami game last night a little bit, um, seeing Messi. And, and I wouldn't have watched it, but um, David made me. He's in the other room yelling. <laughs> Um, so I watched the soccer game on part of it on my front porch last night. You know, my, my son plays soccer. I don't mind the game. What, what I, what I really dislike is the Euro pretentiousness, uh, that the American soccer teams have decided to bring. It's a field. It's not a pitch in Europe. It's a pitch here. It's called a field. It's a soccer field, not a football pitch. Why don't you just use the American words? You're not an FC. You're an SC because you're a soccer club. You're not a football club. We have football in this country. It's called the national football league. It comes back this week, really. And, and, and Sunday night games in a couple of weeks and college football is coming back and everyone will start caring about real football again. Stop being so pretentious with your, you're on the football pitch. No, you're not. You're on the soccer field. Good Lord. I would like it more if you people were less pretentious about it all. Good gracious. Okay. Now we got to move on. On Friday, I told you guys about in Austria, they're trying to make a constitutional amendment to guarantee paper and uh, coin currency. And it's something Swiss America is pushing, and I'm glad to bring them in. This is the perfect time for them to come in um, because they are the leader in precious metals and have been for 40 years in the country. And they've got a report out that you can get. Uh, they call it the secret war on cash, and it is about the move to digital currency and how you can forestall that and protect yourself using precious metals as part of your portfolio. If you are interested in safeguarding your money from this war on cash, uh, you can get a free report from – Swiss America. They're rated A plus by the Better Business Bureau. You can get this free report. Get it by calling or texting 800-289-2646. The war on cash is coming. You've been hearing me talk about it. The secret war on cash report is free to my listeners. All you do is mention Eric when you call or text 800-289-2646. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations, and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. 
Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They can cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E dot com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Hi there. Um, This one segment. I, I, I've got news here. I actually do have, have news a lot from the Wall Street Journal, no less. But I want to start on a personal note. Um, oh gosh. So in 2016, a lot of you who are regular listeners know my wife was diagnosed with cancer. And what you probably don't know is that she was given two years. Uh, the, the medicine that she's on, um, would essentially keep her cancer from growing for two years. And then Katie bar the door. Um, and, and given the nature of the cancer, it's genetic, it's stage four lung cancer, but it's a genetic type of cancer, uh, EGFR, for those of you who know it. And, and by the way, I so just so you know, I get emails all the time from people saying, um, my wife has cancer, has lung cancer. What medicine is your wife on? Um, the medicine, unless you have EGFR cancer, genetic, her medicine won't work for you. It's specifically designed for the, um, that, and it typically works for two years, and then the cancer mutates around it. And... Seven years later, my wife is still here. Now, this is relevant for the news discussion of of where we're headed here, but I got to note this first. My wife, when she was in first grade, her mother died of breast cancer. Uh, When Christy and I got married in 2000, by the way, uh, wait until the year uh, 20, what is it? we're in twenty. So, so wait until the year twenty one hundred to get married, because then you'll always know how many years you've been married. So I got married in two thousand. It's very easy. I know I'll be married twenty three years this year. Uh, never have to try to do the math in my head of how long have we been married. I just know be twenty three this year. So twenty three years ago when we got married, my wife had a double mastectomy uh, out of the gate right after we got married. It was a a rough way to get married. Three months after our. Uh, honeymoon I and, and my bar passage celebration, she's in the hospital getting a double mastectomy. It did not go as planned, and it took her six months of rehabilitation, um, rebuilding her muscle before she could actually have the plastic surgery to go with it. I had to take her every week. I was a new lawyer, and every week we would drive to Atlanta, and she had these um, things in her chest and and. A doctor would have to, expanders they're called, and a doctor would have to slowly over six months fill them with saline solution. And then after six months, when the muscle had slowly been stretched out, remove them, redo the surgery. And then it took like five surgeries to get it right over time. And then after we had our first child, it had to be, it was just a, all the things they don't tell you. Women to this day, my wife is a big advocate for like I keep telling her she should write it all down somewhere. She, Whenever she finds out about friends having mastectomies, she reaches out to them because in her experience and the experience of so many friends after her, nobody tells 
everyone the things that go into it, the drain ports, the necessity possibly of expanders, uh, the struggles with the plastic surgery, and then the tattooing to try to get a natural look, and and on and on and on. And she just, it frustrates her to no end uh, that she went in blind, and so many people to this day, so many women to this day go in, and she has friends, and and they come out with these uh, drain ports, and they're like, what what are these things that I have? Nobody told me I was going to have, and and Christy just tries now to, when she knows women are going through this, sit down with them and explain what happened to her, that hers is was somewhat anomalous, but she was in her 20s, and the muscle tissue and all in your 20s is different from when you're in your 40s or 50s, and it was much more of a struggle. But uh, because her mother died when she was in first grade, she's blessed with a great stepmom, and when we got married, I did the adoption, and her stepmother is now her adopted mom. But her mom never saw her graduate from high school. And so Christy was told in 2016 she would have two years. And then after that, um, it, we couldn't count on much. And that was seven years ago now. And I say all of that because our oldest started her senior year today. School starts today. Um, my, my children, you should know, got very mad at me last night. Um because every year when it's when it's that time we get back to school and well I fire up uh it's the most wonderful time of the year and my kids were really angry with me yesterday because well uh they had a whole lot of all night um playing Andy Williams It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is. The children are out of the house. They're back in school. I don't have to see them all day. (laughs) It is. But it's also the most wonderful time of the year because my wife, who did not expect to live to see this moment, uh, has a senior in high school in the house. And my wife is training for a strongman competition in Woodstock, Georgia, the end of October, where she will attempt, God help her, to pull a UPS truck. So for two years, she kind of gave up. She's like, I got two years and that's it. And then the third year came and we kept going to the scans and, and we had no change in the tumors. And four years in, no change. And five years in, no change. And she's finally like, well, doggone it. Um, I've just sat on my butt all this time expecting to die, and I'm not. So I'm going to get in shape. And then, well, that's when life became miserable. She discovered macro counting. And all the joys of chocolate cakes and cookies in the house went away. And now it's cold chicken and protein shakes. And she's lost 75 pounds, and she's put on a ton of muscle. And I can still deadlift more than her. Did I mention I can still deadlift more than her? But she's getting close. She's getting close. She's going to pull a freaking UPS truck in a couple of months. I went with her to the gym the other day. She's going to this this uh, strongman training gym, and she's picking up these logs over her head, and she's got to pick up this yoke that weighs like 300 pounds and carry it with her and try to get it under 30 seconds, and they keep adding weight to it. I'm just I'm in awe of my wife. I really am. And now she's got herself in shape. I'm pretty sure the cancer is scared of her for now. Um, And we don't know when it will come. We don't know when the medicine will stop working. But she was convinced she would never see our daughter make it into her senior year. And suddenly we're planning graduation 
all ready for May of next year. It's a very big, big deal for us. We don't know what the future will bring, but we have learned to play it in three-month increments. Um, so what week after next on the 14th, I guess it is? No, so I guess it's next week now. Uh, next week, she will have her cancer scans. I don't know that I'm going to be able to go with her next week. I'm going to try to go with her. Um, but it's it's a big deal for us. Now, I, 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 I take this and transition from there. We, we now have a senior in our house, and we're doing the college applications. We're starting to do the college applications. We're, we're starting to think about that stuff. She's got an ACT test coming up, all those things. Uh, and, and then you got to start worrying about all the other stuff that they try to do your senior year where they just wear your butt out and try to make you appreciate that it's your last year of high school and really you're just exhausted, leave me alone. And I've got the one kid who's decided to do three AP classes in a single semester. Uh, so we're going to be worn out and stressed out, but we're going to enjoy it because we didn't expect to have the whole family together still. But as we do this, my daughter is starting to think about the future and about work and about jobs. She wants to be an engineer. She'd love to work in uh, rocket telemetry. That's, that's actually, she's a brilliant artist, but she's also good at calculus. And she wants to go learn to build, as she says, the rockets we launch at China. That, that's, that's her sales pitch is she wants to go be an aerospace engineer and build the rockets we fire at China. And my mother asked her what she wanted to do with her art degree or art experience. She is a brilliant artist. She said she'd paint stylish middle fingers on the rockets. Well, all of this comes to a head with the story of the Wall Street Journal today. My children don't have jobs. Uh, I did not work when I was in high school. And I do to my kids what my parents did to me, which is my job is to get the very best grades I can, get a scholarship for college. Now, there are some kids who do have to work. A lot of my kids' friends uh, work. They've got jobs in the afternoons. And if my kid got a job, I think I'd want him to work at Chick-fil-A just for the work ethic of it. Uh, my son is suddenly, he's 14, and he's thinking he might want to go to work. And I keep telling him, again, your job is the best grades possible. But if you aren't getting A's for scholarship material, you need to go get some job skills in the workforce. And this leads me to this Wall Street Journal article that increasingly – Employers are finding kids are coming out of college and they don't know how to work. They have no work ethic. That's part of the problem. The idea of showing up on time, of saying yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, of not arguing with your boss is lost on kids. Raymond or Roman Divinginzo was consulting for a robotics company in Silicon Valley last fall when he asked a newly minted mechanical engineer to design a small aluminum part that could be fabricated on a lathe, a skill normally mastered in the first or second year of college. How do I do that? Asked the young man. So Divin Ginzo, an engineer who had built technology for NASA and Google and who charges consulting clients a minimum of $300 an hour, spent the next three hours teaching Lathe Work 101. You learn by doing, he said. These kids in school during the pandemic, all they've done is work on computers. The knock-on effect of years of remote learning during the pandemic is gumming up workplaces around the country. 
It is one reason professional service jobs are going unfilled and goods aren't making it to market. It also helps explain why national productivity has fallen for the past five quarters, the longest contraction since at least 1948. The shortcomings run the gamut from general knowledge, including how to make change at a cash register, to soft skills such as working with others. Employers are spending more time and resources searching for candidates and often lowering expectations when they hire. Then they're spending millions to fix new employees' lack of basic skills, like making change and figuring out the math in your head. Now, let me step back in, into just dealing with kids and stuff. So my daughter wants to be an engineer. She was looking at Georgia Tech, where her grandfather went. I'm a, a graduate of Mercer University in Macon, Georgia, and we toured Mercer. And the thing we noticed over and over and over about Georgia Tech when we went is, is like, this is all this wonderful stuff you get to do when you get to your junior year. Here are all the professors you get to have when you get to your junior year. Here's all the wonderful stuff you get to do when you get to your junior year. And, and my daughters encountered more and more female engineers who went to Tech who have said it's just not, if you're a woman, where you want to go to engineering school, one. Uh, you're not likely to have a meaningful encounter with a professor until you get your master's degree. And two, so much of what you're, you want to learn, you don't learn until you well past other people who go to other schools. So she went down to Mercer, my alma mater, and the head of the mechanical engineering department is actually a Georgia Tech grad. And he was showing her that in, in your first year, you, you do like um, welding, you learn welding, you learn wiring, you learn woodworking, you learn all of these practical skills in your very first year. And then you keep adding to it over your four years. It was more hands-on. It was almost like a, a trade school sort of thing, uh, but she loved it. She loved the practical application. And they are also willing to like work with her to do an art degree. Um, so it, she's trying to figure out colleges. And this story at the Wall Street Journal, I read it and it got me thinking about those experiences, how more and more colleges are, they're not doing practical stuff. They're too theoretical or they're too woke, depending on what they're doing. But also more and more kids are getting out of high school and they lack practical skills like public speaking, working with other people, things like that. You know, so my kids go to a classical Christian education school. Uh, the, the state of Florida is thinking of bringing classical education to the public school system. And of course, they're getting attacked for it. Uh, what I find very notable is my my kid has done several summer programs at Georgia Tech. And each of those times she's done them, she was with kids who went to STEM schools in Chicago and in uh, Connecticut. Um, they're like really prestigious private schools and public schools with deep backgrounds in computers and robotics. And my kid who goes to this classical school that is inarguably poorer than these other schools, doesn't have the fanciest, latest, greatest computers and all that stuff. She was the only one in the class who could actually stand up and, and give a speech. She was the only one who could argue with her professors about stuff, not arguing for the sake of arguing, but actually debate a professor on a point was as he challenged her and do the Socratic method. These other kids could not like speak normally. They couldn't relate. They couldn't do team building exercises because they hadn't functioned together. And my kid was having to do all this stuff. And what was so funny is by the end of this program at Georgia Tech, she was having to be the speaker, not just for her group, but for other groups in the class because none of them could do the stuff. And one, I'm a proud dad and I share that. But two, it was kind of a wake-up call that you've got these fancy public schools around the country now where kids learn robotics, they learn computer programming, they learn all of this amazing stuff with math and science, and yet 
They lack the basic interpersonal skills to function in a job. We've got a real crisis on our hands as a country, except in classical Christian education schools like the things Florida wants to do that the media says is bad. Funny how that works. Now, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm before I get out of here. Real world experience with my Eden Pure. I had to use it this weekend. I uh, had something, um, it was food or something was left on our back porch. I don't know who did it, but it stunk. Uh, but the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is an air purifier and an odor eliminator. And I fired it up on the back porch, plugged it directly into the wall, took out that odor, perfectly cleaned the air, made it smell like just fresh air in the back. It's great. You can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code on the front page, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put Eric on the front page of the site. You see them. You get three of them, less than $200. You can put them upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your RV, your travel bag. They're small. You hold them in your hand. You can plug it in with a USB cord or into the wall. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code, Eric. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here at this hour of the program, brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They are in Noonan, Georgia, but they can help you even if you're in Kalispell, Montana or Bangor, Maine, wherever you are. They help businesses in the United States become bigger businesses. So if you need $250,000 or more for your business to buy a building, build a building, buy a franchise, expand a franchise, things like that, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Now, I, I, I need to say something again here because it, it, it happens every time I mention my wife. Uh, and her cancer. We get people asking, what is this miracle drug that she's on? Um, it's called Tegriso. It is a very specific, this is why I, I have a hard time vilifying pharmaceutical companies in this country. Uh, this medicine uh, was invented by a pharmaceutical company, and it works for a one particular type of cancer. It is that specialized. It is a genetic medicine. Uh, and essentially, so that you understand it, my wife's body produces a protein, as I understand it. And the protein is then converted into metastatic tumors, typically in the lungs. Um, it, it can go elsewhere. It can go to the brain. It can go elsewhere. But typically, it's the lungs. And this medicine prevents the body from producing the proteins uh, therefore, the tumors cannot grow, and it works for two years. And the weird, wild thing about this cancer is it mutates in the exact same order for every single person uh, in the world. So they know what the next mutation will be so they can work on the next drug. Uh, they're not there yet with it, um, and you're just playing playing for time. But people call in all the time, and they say, well, what is this, this drug? I know someone who's got cancer. I want to recommend it to me. It only works for a very specific type of cancer. The other thing that happens that has already happened are the number of people who write me, and I know they mean well, and for the longest time it actually made me mad, and now I just kind of ignore it. But for the longest time, the people who email in and say, well, I have this miracle cure, one one lady, it's drinking hydrogen peroxide every day, um, and, and on and on, all these other, you know, the, the, the pharmaceutical companies, they don't want you to know about these cures for cancer, uh, blah, 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 which, you know, I, I've come to learn is, actually nonsense and I know some people believe it but then people believe we don't land we didn't land on the moon people believe in in little green men and lizard people people believe in crazy stuff um, but thank God my wife has this medicine and for now it works um, but it's probably not going to work in your case unless you have this particular genetic mutation so I just prepare you for that uh, and also I don't really need the advice on drinking hydrogen peroxide and the essential oil that I'm missing in my life and all that. 
Now, when we come back, we got to go to raw politics because there is a lot out there, including the rise of the normie candidate.